All right, guys, let's continue our quest for Kirchos Kibber of Ain. Let me just give a bit of a mute. There we go. Um, okay, so we were uh, discussing, and I, and I keep on looking and seeing, you know, there's just so much. And as we continue, there's still so much more to do. I'm going to try to limit it down to a few more shurim, otherwise it gets too much. We still have to discuss, which we're not going to get to now, the question which most of you have been asking in different forms of doing things that you want to do because of a minig, because of a chumrah, and your parents don't want you to do those. Uh, are those problematic or not? I want to get to that hopefully tomorrow where we'll discuss it with a little bit of a hagdama. But I want to get to a few other ideas of kibbut because obviously after all we are discussing um, kibbut over here. So a couple of things like this. Uh, first of all, I just saw, interestingly enough, in one of the contrasim that I quoted yesterday, he brings a shayla from uh, Rafalk uh, Zatzal that says that uh, just like, of course, we would feed our parents first, that means if you're serving people at the table, we would also serve our parents, our mother and our father, also first, the first portion goes to our parents, and he says it's the same thing as well, as kibud of, for a child to wait to, to start eating once their parents had only started eating. In other words, not to eat until their parents have started eating. Um, and he wants to bring a raya from Hilchos Pertseya Sapas and some of Kufzam which we're not going to go into the raya right now. But Akaponim wants to say that it's an Inyan Ukiba. Now, obviously, that has to be contained because sometimes a parent wants the child to begin. For example, if the mother is serving soup, and by the time the mother comes in to eat her soup and starts eating, the ch- you know, all the rest of the soup around the table have already gone cold, then the mother wants you. And forget, she'll be upset if you don't actually uh, start your soup. And therefore, because of that, then forget to have the soup straight away, maybe say to mum, do you mind if I start? Maybe that would be a nice thing to say, as if to say, I'd like to wait for you, but I assume you want me to start now anyway. Then obviously after that, you know her das, and from then onwards, Mikan and Abba, you know that you can now go along and um, start with that. That's not a problem whatsoever. But again, it's an Indian of kibud, and as you can see, the Poiskim are bringing all sorts of kibud that are not Mufush and Shulchan Aruch or the Gemara that we mentioned, but at the end of the day, have within them an Indian of respect which is very important. So, another halacha which I want to discuss right now is a halacha that we mentioned when we discussed the halachas, uh, we discussed the Gemaras, and we mentioned the halacha, an idea of waking up a parent. Now, we, do, we know the Gemara in Kedushan, most of us did it yesterday in the Sugya Lamedalaf Lamedalaf, that talks about Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer said, Ad and the answer is, go have a look what this guy did in Ashkelon, Doma Benesina. And as we all know the famous story, he did not wake up his father for the key for the precious stones that they wanted to do business with him. And therefore, you see from there a tremendous act of mysterious nefesh for Kibbutz of Aim to ensure that his father got his good shluf. So, from here, from here, Tosfus Harosh, Duran, the Nemuke Yosef, and many other Rishonim learn that you see from here there's an issa for a person to wake up a parent. However, the behative in Simon. If over here in Simon Reish Mem and Yehudei Sikot and Tezayim brings a Sefer Hasidim and Simon Shin Lamad Zayin that says that's only and obviously why this was not the case by Doma Ben Asina nobody knows but that's only if the parent will be 
happy that you didn't wake them up. If the parent will be upset, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you didn't wake me up. I've been waiting six months for this phone call. Finally, it came through, and you know, I'm having a 20-minute schloff. What's going on? So, of course, if the parent wants to be woken up, tells you to wake them up, and you even know that that's what they want to do when it comes to a minion, so man Kriyashima, doing a mitzvah, gain a lot of money for a business deal, whatever it is, so then absolutely, there's a mitzvah to wake them up. However, I must mention to you the shita of the Orach HaSholchan, the Orach HaSholchan has a chiddush over here in Yerodeya Simon Reishmem, where the Orach HaSholchan says, the idea over here is that try get somebody else to wake up your parent. Don't do it yourself. Even though, yes, your father wants you, your mother wants you, and you know that clearly, don't do it yourself. Try and get someone else to do that. Now, that's a little bit different. You know, it's sometimes hard to do that. Who else is in the house you know, at 9 o'clock in the morning when their father wants to go to shul? But in a chalami, there's no one else there. There's no one else there. But the, definitely the question is, um, then you should try if you can, unless your father or mother specifically told you, wake me up. Then you have a mitzvah, I'll keep it off, to fulfill their exact instructions, and therefore there is no problem whatsoever over them. Okay. So that is Legabe, that's the halachas of waking up your parents. Um, another halacha, which is also included in Kibbut of, just a second. Um, okay, we'll talk about that in a second. Try to get some structure over here. So, is living near your parents, this is probably more of a shaila of someone that's married, assuming, not always, because there are many people that are not married that live out of home. Um, you have to know the situation, but there's definitely a mitzvah of kibbutz of aim to live near your parents. It's an honor for parents to live near them, for them to be able to rely on them, for be able to them to visit them, whatever it is. Apart from the fact that literally you can actually do a physical act of honoring them, just being near the parent generally. Uh, makes the parent feel good and if a person wants to move to a different place whether it's a different city whether it's a different country he actually should get permission to do that and get explicit permission from his parents the heterium that we generally have in the post scheme of when we allow a person to live out of his parents um, general area obviously with uh, he should ask his Rav, his Rebbe, to make sure that these are correct assessments. Is obviously if he gets a decent job, um, if there's a health reason, for example, educational reasons, for example, your child is not going to have chinuch in such a place, you want to move to a different place, that's fine. If, for example, and I've had this question myself, with people have asked me this particular question, which is why I want to mention it, even though we should never know of such a thing, but it unfortunately is Nagaya. I remember a uh, a couple came to me and they said to me that if we live near our parents, where I can't remember if it was the parents of the mother, of the wife or the husband, but it's irrelevant, it doesn't make a difference for the story and for the halacha, but it's bad for our Shalom Bayis. No question about it. We, we, I remember him. I remember specifically him saying, "We'll probably be divorced within a year if I live near my parents." It's a very, very sad thing to say. It's a very sad statement, and I don't wish that on anyone because it's such a shame when you can't have that relationship with your parents or your in-laws, for that matter. Which is why it's such a you know it's such a shame when these sort of relationships break up in that way. But you know, if that's the situation, sometimes it is. Unfortunately, we have to deal with what it is. And if it, yes, will positively actually damage the shalom bias that's going on between the husband and wife then yes they can absolutely move away from home obviously if lalenu rahman that's not a person's parents are abusive and obviously to learn Torah, which we'll discuss again, the ideas of when we're Potter from Kibbutz of Aim, that would obviously be one of them. All right, moving to Eretz Yisrael will be, I guess, included in what we're going to discuss tomorrow, which will be if I want to do a mitzvah and they're stopping me from doing a mitzvah, or other way around in Avera, we'll get to that. We'll have to know if living in Eretz Yisrael is a mitzvah, Stamazoi. 
which I'd love to give a share on at a later stage. But I'll call him if a person wants to live there and go there and he feels it would be good for his learning Torah or his Shalom bias. That, 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 that in itself is a reason. But if that's not the reason, then again, he should ask permission from his parents because living near a parent is a very harsh of a thing to do. There's an etzim kibud that goes on in that. Now, what about doing the mitzvah of kibud of aim through a shliach? So, l'chayra, the mitzvah of kibud of aim is no different to any other mitzvah. And just like in any other mitzvah, we know that the din generally is that if I appoint a shliach to do the mitzvah, so I get the schar of the mitzvah, it's if I did the mitzvah, and therefore um, there should be no reason why if I don't live in an immediate area of my parents, or even if I do, but for whatever reason I can't do something, I can get someone else to do it. It doesn't make a difference of a goy or a yid. At the end of the day, as long as there's a shliach, then it is okay. However, we all know and we all understand mitzvah by Yosef Mishluchai, which means that even though, yes, you probably could be Makai in the mitzvah Kibbutz Aim through a Shliach, but of course it's better to do it on your own. And if it's better to do it on your own, I'm just checking if there are any questions coming in. I forgot to check. I apologize. Um, oh, I'm, I'm late with that one. Is there a specific way to wake them up? No, there's no specific way to wake them up. In the nicest politeness, Derech Eretz, take a way to wake them up. Again, if they tell you to wake them up, you make sure that you do what they say because they've given you a specific. Uh, to wake them up, so that's important. Let me just check the other question. If What if your father tells you to wake up your mother over vice, vice, vice versa? Or if the only person is a sibling? Again, what if your father tells you to wake up your mother? If your father if your father knows that your mother wants to be woken up, then you've got to listen to your father. Absolutely, yeah, sure. Sure. What if, I mean, I thought you were going to ask, what if your father says, wake me up, and your mother says, no, don't don't listen, or the other way around? That will be a shy love. Who do you listen to? Which I think we have spoken about. Or if we haven't, we'll go over that as well. As well. Um... I'll keep looking if there are any more questions. But anyway, so Yemitzvah Yosef Mishluchai means, of course, it's better to do the mitzvah on your own with that way. Um, what is, and I saw this brought down in the, in the Svarim, the Tshuva, the Tshuva Machne Chaim, Madura Tinyanach, Yishemishpah Simachavtes, brings down the Shaila about whether or not your father says, no, I don't want a Shliach, I'd like you to come myself. No, no, Dad, I'll send a Shliach, it's fine. I'll send someone, you know, your father says, do me a favor, would you um, wash my car for me? And you'll say, listen, I'm in the office right now. It's a little bit difficult for me, but don't worry. Within 20 minutes, there'll be someone over in the house who'll wash the car. No, no, no. I'd like you to do it, please. What do you, what, what, what's the din? Again, if it's al-kibbut over aim, so I could be mechabed my father by sending someone. He just wants his car to be washed. The car will be washed. But he's, he's being an action, and he's coming and saying, no, I want you to do it. What's the din in such a case? Can he, does he have the koyah, does the father of a koyah, to mechayir the son, to do the mitzvah himself, if we say that shluchan shal odom kemoisai? That is the shaila. So the answer that they bring down from the Chuvas forum is basically, it really depends on what the act is. In other words, if the act is washing the car, then it doesn't really make a difference who washes the car. The father's not really going to get more kibud if the son does it, especially if the son is a respectable fellow, and it's not it's, it's beneath his cover and his dignity to do such a thing. But if it's something that's a hush of a thing, for example, let's say a person's father is old and he wants him to put on tefillin, right? So you'll say, listen, I, Dad, I've got to be taking the kids to school that time, or I've got work, or I've got to share with 
whatever it is, which will discuss what happens, Talmud Torah and Kibbutz over Aim, which one wins, what if in the middle of learning, your father asks you to do something, when are we potter, when are we chayv, again, tomorrow, Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to try to go to that sugya. But Akaponim, at least over here, if it's something that's a respectable thing, that is, is definitely, you know, within the covet of the father to want the son to do it, not stunned because he wants him to do it, because it's more covetic that the son does it, then yeah, then definitely a son should listen and rather not get the shriach to do it in that case. But of course, in a regular manner, there's no reason why a person cannot be mechabed and use a shriach in order to mechabed his parent. Uh, that would be the din over there. Um, okay, Gavaldik. Aga, by the way, they bring a raya from the Gemara in Kedushin Lam and from a base. There's a, a, a raya from uh, Avimi. He used to run t- to open his father, the, the father's door every single time. Whenever the father came, he ran to open the door, even though there were five sons. So, you know, that's what the Gemara brings down over here. You see from here that even though there were other sons and other people could have done it, I want to do it myself. And that's also a big story as well. Sometimes we've got brothers, we've got sisters. We'll discuss, by the way, that also. Keep it over aim in regards to your older brother or your older sister. This is great for the older brothers who like to tell their younger brothers this halacha. And it's also great for the younger, uh, you know, younger, younger kids that tell their older sisters that it's not a gay, which we'll get to, Be'ezus Hashem. But I'll upon him. In the regular case, you see from here the Gemara in Kedushin Lamarada for they bring down that a person should try to do it himself. Don't try to patter it up and say, well, there's a bunch of kids over there, there's a bunch of other boys, they could have done that, I've got a bunch of brothers, they could have done it. No, we really should have done it ourselves, and therefore that is the Ika Mitzvah. Moving on, moving on. Um, okay, another one, a couple of other things as well, is um, something which we alluded to, we mentioned it, but I want to mention it very, very clearly, and that is a parent being moichel on his covered. So, Lemaisa like this. The Berke Yosef brings over here in Sifkot and Yud Gimel, the Chai Odom, Ches over here, also says that a parent is allowed to be moichel on his covered, but, and as you mentioned, if you remember the Chazan Ish about this, which Be'etzim is a Sefer Hasidim as well, and that as a child shouldn't rely on this. In other words, if a mother says to you, uh, could you mind getting me a cup of water? And you, you, you're you going to go, and, and she's like, nah, it's okay, it's fine. I'll go get it, it's fine. It's fine. Don't, don't worry about it, it's fine, I'll, I'll go get it. Oh, okay, so she was my client, I don't have to go get it. You should still go get it. You shouldn't rely on that. We said that you could rely on it for things that are standing up and doing those acts of kibbutz, which are not really a kibbutz nowadays, and especially as for Ked, it's a tsar for a parent to see their child stand up the whole time, and therefore absolutely. But again, uh, a parent has every right to be moichel on the covert, but that's a parent's point of view. Our point of view as a child should try not to be using this too much, um, because that's not good. Let me have a look a second. Who do I listen to regarding mother or father, right? Are you discussing a case where, where mother and father ask you simultaneously, right? Okay, either we'll get to it soon or we'll get to it tomorrow. We're going to get to that. Uh, I thought we discussed that. What's the lock of divorced parents? Yeah, we're going to get to that. We will discuss that. You know what? You know what? We'll do it now. We'll do it now. We'll do it now. And then I want to discuss something very, very important. And that's very, very... And that's that I really want to get to. Because that has a big side in Kibbutz of Aim. Um, so the Gemara tells us very, very clearly the Gemara in Kedushin, that says if both your mother and your father ask you to do something at exactly the same time, and that you cannot do both of them. 
right? I think we mentioned this. Maybe we talked about it in the Gemara. That may as well could be where my mistake is. Could be we learned this in the Gemara. Now, the Gemara says clearly if both your mother and father ask you, and you cannot do both of them together. As we said then, that if, for example, your mother calls you up and says, oh, do me a favor, go and get me, a, you know, some milk from the grocery, and your father says, pick me up my dry cleaning, you could do both of them. You go from one to the other, you get home, you've done both of them, that's beautiful. But in a case where that cannot be done, what do you do? So the Gemara says very clearly, you listen to your father. And the reason for that is, says the Gemara, because your mother also has a din of kibud to your father, her husband, therefore both of you, you the son, and her, your mother, have a chiv to your father, her husband. Which is why you listen to the father, because the mother also has a chiv, and we'll discuss that also when you get married, what din do you and your wife have, that we'll talk about in a separate aloha. But a general case is, you always do your father's bidding first. That's the general rule. However, there are certain exceptions. One of them I think you mentioned, if the parents are divorced. If the parents are divorced, so now the, 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 your mother is no longer obligated to honor her husband, her ex-husband, which is your father. And now basically you can do whatever you want. You could never do everyone. There is no actual. The Gemara leaves it off very clearly that basically just put it in the middle and let them do whatever they want because there is no uh, Kedima in that case. There will be Kedima as we'll get to. Next time we'll talk about a father-in-law or even a grandfather which we'll discuss as well. People don't realize there's Kibbut of Aim on a grandfather as well. We'll discuss that when we get to brothers and other relatives that could be Nagea. But of course your father always comes first and you have to understand if you're um, if your mother asks you to get a cup for your father and your father asks you to get a cup of water for your mother, who do you listen to there? No, guys, what are you talking about? I'm not sure what I, oh, I don't read sign language. But um, one second, we'll, we'll unmute and then go for it. What, what do you say? Both. You, you can't both. do both. They both ask for a cup of water and... Not a cup of water. They ask for something that's impossible to do both at the same time. Your mother first, says, get dad something, father. and dad says, get mom something. What do we do? First, first you go for your father, you help your father out, and then you go and do for your mother. So that would be wrong. Because that means you're listening no, to your so mother you, over your you father. Listen to your mother. You listen to your mother, you have to serve your no, father No, that means first. you're listening to your mother first. You've got to listen to your father first. Your father said, get a drink for mom. Ah. ah, okay. That's why I wanted to mention that case. So it's after confusing. Rabbi said that, so you should listen to the father. That's correct. Well, of, of course. You should listen to your father. Absolutely. Um, okay, moving on. So that's also an important thing for a person to remember, that there are Kedima with these things. And again, we will get to... Uh, I saw that one of the questions. Let me just check. I saw one of the questions is, is that question, what about grandparents or a Rebbe? We'll discuss that as well at a later stage. A Rebbe, maybe not, because there's Kibbutz of Aim, but uh, maybe we'll discuss a grandparent and a brother. And a brother. Could you imagine? And a brother. Um... Okay, just by the way, again, I don't want to get to this too much into this because that's to get other things. I just noticed over here in some of my notes that according to many poiskim, something we touched upon before, it's a Rami Rutenberg and a Mabit that say that a child is allowed to move to Eretz Yisrael even if his parents say no. Because moving to Eretz Yisrael, is Kedusha and, and he's doing it for that reason. So then, then even if your parents said, rather you don't live in Eretz Yisrael, you could say, that's too bad, mom, I love you and I'll help you and I'll send help, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, moving to Eretz Yisrael is different. Um, okay, let's now 
get into, and again, we've got a, we've got a tremendous amount still to discuss. Like, you know, you, you think we could just go on and on, but like I said, I'm going to try and limit to another, I think maybe hopefully two shorim. But one of the, one of the things that I really want to discuss, because it fits very much into our sugya, is um, the halachas of kibud in regards to money. In other words, we've said and we've spoken a lot about being mechabed our parents, whether it's as, you know, the Loshna Gemara, which is feeding them, giving them drinks, clothing them, uh, helping them walk in and out, whatever that means, escorting them. And who has to pay for kibbutz of aim? Right? It's, it's a very classic question, but it's an important question. A, because we have to understand why this is different to every other mitzvah. And the other thing is, is um, it's practical alochalamaisa when your parent asks you to do something, who has to pay? Right? It's a very negative shayla. A parent says, for example, I'd like you to drive to, you know, you live, you live in a different, a different city, a different town. They say, I'd like you to drive in. Right now, it's going to cost me money, it's going to cost me petrol, it's going to cost me gas, whatever it is. Who has to pay, them or me? Well, let's say, for example, a parent is old, and you're looking after your parents, and you have to put them in a nursing home, or you have to give them dental treatment, you have to take them to a doctor, you give them medication. Who has to pay for this? So, I would have said, Mitzvah Kibber of Aim is the son to do a mitzvah for his father. So, just like if I want to make the mitzvah of Dalad Minim, I have to go out and buy a lulav, an esrog, hadassah, and aravas, and yes, it costs money. And like the Gemara tells us in Baba Kama, I have to give up to a fifth of everything that I own because it's a mitzvah. So, why is this any different to any other mitzvah? Don't ask me now about a Shavasaveda. Right? Shavas Aveda also is a very interesting shaila. Why, when I find something that's lost, I have a chiv to return it, a chiv min hatayra, to return a lost item. Do I have to spend one penny? No. Not, not, not a single penny. Not one dime, not one pea, not one agarot. Nothing. I have to charge the person who eventually gets it back for me. Okay, leave that to the side. When it comes to Kibbutz of Aim, the Gemara discusses it. It's a Gemara in Kedushin Lamed Beis The Gemara says, Yibayiluhu, Michel Mi. Talking about the Mitzvah of Kibbutz of Aim, who does it come from? Meaning monetary, financially. Who supports the Mitzvah of Kibbutz of Aim? Says the Gemara, it's a Machoikas. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Michel Ben. The son, it's the son's Mitzvah. The son wants to Machabit his parents, he should jolly well pay so. Rabbi Nosan Ba'oshia Omer, Michel Av. The father should be the one that has to pay. The Maisa, the Shulchan Oruch, and Yeridea, Simon Reish Mem, Sif Dalet, Paskins, like the second Shita, that the father has to foot the bill of Hashavas, of Kibbutz of Aim, not the son. Right? That's the Loshan of the Gemara Zelashonai, Zeshem Achilu Mashkiu, Mishal Av, Vim, Mishal Av, Vim, Yesh, like if he has. Okay, if the father hasn't got and the son has got, these are different halachas. If the father is very poor and the son is rich, then obviously the son should be paying for it and helping out his father. That's betam chesed and stucco and everything else. Now, it's, it's the question is why? We have to ask ourselves this question. Why is it that this mitzvah is on the father? On the, on the father. The mitzvah is on the son to do for the father. What's the pshat? So, I, there's a sefer, Avnei Zikaron, he brings down a very interesting pshat. And he says the pshat is, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure there are other explanations, but at least for now, uh, I'm going to go with this explanation. And he says, when the Torah was Machayiv and Esrug, it's a chayfetz, it's a chefza. You have to get this chefza. How do you get a chefza? How do you get something? By buying it. 
If you don't buy it, you don't get an esrug. If you don't buy matzah, you will not have matzah for Pesach. That's just how it is. So it's a hechetimtza of being mekayim the mitzvah is you have to buy the chayfets. Because the Torah said, you need an, an esrug, especially by esrug, right? Ulekach dem lochem. It says clearly you've got to take the esrug. And uh, you don't need a bigger raya that's talking about taking it. When it comes to kibbutz of aim, it's very different. It's not a chayfets. There's nothing specific or tangible that you can buy. There's a mitzvah to mechabed your father. There's a mitzvah to mechabed your mother. Now, if you don't spend the money, is it a zilzul to your parents? No. You just, you just, maybe you didn't do it in the proper way. But there's no zilzul for it. You can mechayim it in other ways. And therefore, since there's a way of being mechayim the mitzvah without specifically spending any money, there's no money attached to this mitzvah whatsoever. And that is the Yisoyed. And that's an important thing to do. And a um, and that's a very important loch. And it has many, many nafkaminas. I'll just give you a couple of nafkaminas. Let's say, for example, uh, a father calls up his son. His son lives far away. You know, let's say the father lives in New York and the son lives in Miami, whatever it is. Or London, Manchester, or where else you guys are listening from. Oh, we've got South Africa over here. Johannesburg in Cape Town. Oh, that's a little bit far of a drive. Ooh. No, it's actually not so far, right? It's probably similar to Miami and... Uh, Miami. Okay, I don't know. Forget geography right now. So, my son, so he calls him up and he says, I'd like you to come and help me, please. I want you to come and help me. Right? Now, the son thinks to himself, hold on a second, it's going to cost me money to get there. Let's say I'm driving, whatever. It's going to cost me money. Who has to pay? So, even though, generally, we pass in that kibbutz of aim comes from the father, but in a case like this, you could have theoretically walked. You could have walked. You didn't want to walk? That's your problem. That you did for your own personal thing, and therefore, you don't have to spend your father's money because you couldn't be bothered to walk. Uh, in a case, for example, says Rabbi Shlomo Zalman, for example, Nishma Savram Yodei Ahmed Kufnun, he says, what happens in a case where it's impossible to walk? Like, for example, Eretz Yisrael, to England, Eretz Yisrael, to America, to South Africa, to Belgium, whatever it is. I cannot walk. Dad calls me up and says, get home now, I need your help. Get the late next flight. There's no way that I can walk. So then it's a double portion that the father has to pay. There's a Mordecai Maisa with a Yidin Brisk. And they, they ask Rabbi Chaim Brisk if he's mechoyiv to spend money uh, on, on, on to visit his father in Varsha. Kibbutz Ovein comes from Av, comes from the father. Why should I spend the money? And Rabbi Chaim said, you're mechoyiv to walk. You don't want to walk? So go take a wagon. Go take a horse and wagon. Go pay for it yourself. So in other words, Enochanami, the myth of Kibbutz Ovein comes from the father. So, for example, this would be monogaya for a parent that gets ill and gets sick, and the child has to be busy with the parent's medical bills. Who has to pay for the nursing home? Who has to pay for the doctor? Who has to pay for all of the, the you know, the nurses, the, the whole thing? You take it from the father's bank account. Now, if the father hasn't got any money and you have money, then of course you should. If there are a bunch of brothers, you should split it up. Right, I know, for example, a family in England that the, both parents, Lalini Rahman Lakhstan, are very, very ill. They, they, one is, I think, one's in a wheelchair, and the other one uh, has got Nebuch Alzheimer's, and they're, they're posh, the parents cannot function as parents. They're totally very, very old. Each married child, all the children except for one are married, so all the children got together, and they take a week each that they look after the parents, and they spend their own money, because the parents don't have any money. If that's the case, you split it up, and that's fine. But in a case where your father asks you to do something, and and whatever it is, so you don't have to, the father says, do me a favor, go to the Makala, I need some milk. Okay, so I don't have to pay. Yes, going to the Makala is a mitzvah of Kibbutz of Ein, but it doesn't have to come from my money, it comes from his money. Unless he doesn't have, and you have, that's a whole different China. Now, 
Again, Rabbi Sai, there is tons more still to do. I really want to get into the sugya of A. Uh, when you have two mitzvahs in front of you, let's say Talmud Torah, you're learning, you have a shay, and dad says, do me a favor, help me out. Do I have to stop learning? Which is a cloud stam in Yonim of mitzvahs. EF Shabin Yenachai, we'll discuss that. Also, I want to get to the inion of a son who wants to take on a chumrah or a midas chasidus or something similar to that, and the mother or father don't like it. What's the din in that case? I think we, we, we touched upon it in a few cases, and I said we'll get to it. So, hopefully tomorrow we'll get to it and either tomorrow or the next day we'll try to get through what happens if your father or mother asks you to do something which is osa maybe they don't know, maybe they do know uh, parents that are not religious honoring after death and of course older brothers and grandparents which we'll get to Be'ez Hashem Be'hem Shechazman ok